Who am I? What does it all mean? And how do I potentiate my best self in the world? Hey there, my name is Darren Steele, and this is the Think Queerly podcast where you can discover thoughtful and critical explorations to these very questions. Now, to enjoy a meaningful life requires self-mastery. And this is just another way of saying self-awareness, critical thought, open-mindedness, humility, and love for yourself and, and others for humanity. Now, in my work, I help deep thinkers and creatives cultivate their purpose and potential by sharing practices from transformational coaching to help you with your self-mastery. And when you foster curiosity, understanding, and respect for the natural diversity of humanity, you will enjoy more acceptance, tranquility, and freedom. So let's get into today's topic, which is about failure and why your understanding of the meaning of the word failure is the reason for your failed goals and dreams in the past. So this is part one of a two-part article series on success and failure. Why do we understand personal failure as a negative feature of life, accomplishment, and success? So let me start with a question to get you thinking and to help you frame what I'm about to say. So once you answer this question, I just want you to maybe write it down if you feel like it, or just note it down in an app, because you might come back to it looking at it in a different way at the end of this episode. So here's the question. What is your single biggest failure in life? What's your single biggest failure in life? Ugh, what a horrible way to start a podcast, right? It's like a punch in the gut if you've ever really failed big and hard at something in your life. But work with me for a moment because it is not my intention in any way, shape, or form to make you feel bad about yourself. But sometimes for self-mastery and personal growth and personal evolution, we need to look at the dark before we can see the light. Because it's a relationship between the parts of ourselves that we maybe don't like or that have happened in the past that we would wish to forget, and the light part of ourselves, which really, when we can be the best of who we are, we accept both the light and the dark, but we live hopefully more in the light with an awareness of and the companionship and the contribution of the potential of going down that dark path. So a few more thoughts about that opening question. What's been your single biggest failure in life? How did that make you feel? And how does it make you feel right now thinking about that past failure? And one more question. Why do you label that? Why do you associate that event in time as a failure in your life? So like I said, if you want, press pause, maybe write down or put some notes in an app about how you're feeling and what this failure was, and then come back to what you wrote down at the end of the episode. So let me take you a little bit back in time 
to a period in my life when I thought I was going to get my PhD. Um, I was in Ottawa at Carleton University in Ottawa. I was going to be finishing my master's there, and I was on the path to go to a prestigious American university and do my PhD, and I thought I was going to be like some rock star professor in German linguistics and literature. Well, during my fourth year of university, in my undergraduate fourth year, I applied to a program that would allow me to spend a year in Germany, and I wanted to do this during the second year of my master's. I was awarded this scholarship, which was really prestigious at the time. Um, Back in uh, 1992, it was worth over $10,000. It covered my flight, um, my student residence, uh, a daily stipend. So I was able to just, you know, go out and do some things. It afforded me to buy my groceries for the week and it paid my tuition and some book expenses. So now today... My thesis proposal back in, I guess I was writing this original proposal back in 1990, it would be called Queer Theory Today, but it didn't have that academic name back then. I mentioned that because I didn't complete that thesis and I didn't complete my master's degree because my thesis topic was just too challenging. It was, it was too big for me and... I just realized I couldn't prove it. I may have been in the wrong place at the wrong time. Uh, There might not have been enough research. Maybe it was more of an idea for a PhD as opposed to a master's. But while I was living abroad in Germany, I changed my thesis topic to something a bit more safe and realistic, but I had no passion for it. And then when I returned home, I changed my topic for a third and final time to something that I had been uh, trained in in the past, some feminist linguistics and an analysis of German grammars. Ooh. So I assembled a new bibliography. I wrote a draft introduction and I had a, a rough writing outline. But three semesters of enrollment later, I finally quit the master's program. I was standing in the hallway of the German department at Carleton University in Ottawa, Canada. I was at the 13th floor. Yep, we had a number 13 floor waiting for the elevator and my advisor and mentor, Yuta Goheen, just rounded the corner and we were talking while waiting for the elevator. And I told her what was going on and she told me it was okay to stop. She told me that I shouldn't be doing this work if I was only trying to please her and that withdrawing from the master's program would not make me a failure. And while it was a relief to hear this from her, someone I admired, respected, and idolized, and, and for someone who had believed and supported me for every year I had worked with her, I still felt like a fucking loser. And for a long time after I withdrew from the program, I believed the reason I couldn't finish was because I wasn't smart enough. I felt like a failure in the intellectual capacity department. So during that two and a half year total period of living abroad in Germany and then coming home and then trying to write a third iteration of my thesis, I moved more and more into a mild depression and my relationship with my partner declined and it ended horrifically because I felt undeserving of self-love at the time and I just wasn't able to give it to him. And that period of my life was a significant blow to my ego and self-esteem. I barely graduated high school. 
I took two years off because I didn't qualify to go to university. I traveled, I worked, and then I was able to get into college for a year. And then I went to university and it was basically me trying to prove to myself that I was smart enough. And when I finally withdrew from that master's program, I felt like the ultimate failure, having spent all that time, and yet it still only proved that I wasn't smart enough after all. So let me share a few musings on this emotionally loaded word, failure. Let's consider some current definitions that could be found in the dictionary online of the word failure. So, an act or instance of failing or proving unsuccessful, a lack of success. The non-performance of something due, required, or expected. A subnormal quality or quantity, an insufficiency. A deterioration or decay, especially of vigor, strength, and so on. And finally, a person or thing that proves unsuccessful. So here's my first musing about that. There are many meanings of the word failure that have nothing to do with personal accomplishment. For example, the term heart failure, that has nothing to do with your worth as a person, right? Or your ability to be successful in life, and whatever that means, being successful in life. But don't worry, that's actually going to be the topic of part two of this article. Now, my second musing is this. Is failure really a lack of success? Is failure really a lack of success? I don't think so. Success is a process. Life is a process. Schooling is a process. Getting a job is a process. Relationships are a process. Failure relates to something that did not work out as planned. Failure is an end point, a full stop. Failure is about decline, a defect, or a fault. But why don't we recognize the value and importance of every other part of life in which success was attained, without which there would be no complement or opposite in the form of failure? Failure has been strangely elevated and is almost deliciously celebrated in our culture to tear down another person's value, skill, ability, and their measure of success and accomplishment. We love to see it when someone apparently successful and rich or has gone to the top of fame and what have you comes crashing down. Is it any wonder that failure has such a negative impact on our emotional psyche? It's ingrained in us in some way that failure is the worst thing that could happen. Admittedly, this might not be part of your experience, but I think it affects a lot of people. That's why I wanted to write this article and do this podcast, because I think failure in the realm of um, personal accomplishment is a very misunderstood and misapplied word. Now, here's how I would define the meaning of failure. And this is a loose definition. It's not fixed, but it's been influenced by my understanding of neuroscience and transformational coaching. And then in my practical work, working with my clients to create more prediction and response to help them deal with stressful and challenging situations. Here it is. Failure is the decision to give up made while under stress, threat, or fear, or because you don't believe in your ability to accomplish 
your goal. Now, because this is a podcast, let me say this again. Failure is the decision to give up made while under stress, threat, or fear, or because you don't believe in your ability to accomplish your goal. So how many times have you asked yourself when you're about to start a new goal or you're setting your goals for the year or you're working on a new project or some big dream? But what if I fail? What if I can't do it? Is that question not in and of itself stress-inducing? Like, so much so that some people will simply decide it's better for them to not even bother trying. Because what they've experienced in the past is failure. Anytime they've tried to do this or make more money or get a better job, they've always failed. There are a lot of conditions around whether or not what somebody wants to happen will happen. But the impact... And the worry around failure is something that I hope what I will continue to say will help you reframe what this means to make working on goals and projects and dreams and desires not so much easier, but without the weight, the burden of failure looming in the background. So in the case of my story, my master's degree, you, you, you heard the amount of emotional insecurity that I suffered, right? Certainly, I made the decision to withdraw from my master's while under stress, while under threat of my own intelligence, <laughs> or what I thought was a lack thereof, the fear of not being smart enough. But the question is, was that a bad decision? Was that a failure? This begs the question, what if we replaced the word failure with a different word, a different way of looking at it? So failure is often applied as a critique of one's ability to accomplish a goal, a dream, or a project, or even something as mundane as your daily chores that didn't work out as you planned. Now, some tasks in life are really simple and they're singular, like flossing your teeth. Now, if you don't floss your teeth one day, does that make you a failure? But projects and goals and dreams are a collection of many tasks completed over a different duration of time. And you'll get a different degree of success for each of those things. Once you've completed all those tasks that work towards that singular project or that really big goal or dream then hopefully you reach that goal. You accomplish that goal, again, to a varying degree of success or, you know, exactly hitting the target. You may have a target to earn $100,000, but maybe you only came up with $87,549. Is that a failure? Or is that just that you basically hit close to the bullseye, so to speak? So any task or action that does not work out as planned towards accomplishing a goal could be called a mistake. Sounds like mistake, but it's not the same. Have you ever seen in a movie those clapper boards? It's the uh, black and white board, and it has that uh, piece at the top, and somebody with their hand, they hold it up, and they uh, push it down. It goes like, clap. They're like, scene six, take uh 12 
whatever the name of the movie is, clap. And that just helps the director to know where the start point of this particular scene is before they end that scene again and start the next one. And on the board are written the names, like I just said, the scene name and the take number. So the scene you watch as the viewer of the finished movie could be 30 seconds long. But the director may have called 10, 20, or 30 takes of that single scene until they got it right. And all of those individual takes that the director throws away, we could call them missed takes. Right? So the general definition of the word mistake, as one word, (laughs) and as a noun, is an error in action. Now, mistake as a verb gives us mistook, mistaken, and mistaking. So think of those words hyphenated, mistook, mis-taken, mis-taking. And the, the historical meaning or the etiology, etymology of the word mistake comes from the suffix mis- M-I-S, which means badly or wrongly, and take. So the broad meaning of making a mistake is an error in some sense. Now, not accomplishing a goal should not be considered making a mistake. That's not logical here to equate not accomplishing something with being wrong. Yet, when we understand the meaning and origin of the word mistake, it can help us see the usefulness of reframing failure as a missed action or a missed hyphen take. So when it comes to your dreams and goals, how many missed hyphen takes have you experienced? Now, to successfully accomplish any really big goal, you need to act with emotional intention. This fuels your emotional drivers, which could be called your motivation, that empowers your commitment and desire to do the work. It's the stuff that gets you out of bed in the morning going, yeah, I can't wait to go work on this goal or this project. And it also is the stuff that keeps you going when times get tough and you're facing a problem or you're facing a challenge. And as you move ever closer to the completion of your goal. Your actions leave tracks. Your actions leave clues, as the expression goes. So coming back to making a movie, the director films a number of takes before completing each individual scene before going on to the filming of the next one. Likewise, when we're working on a large project or a goal, we accomplish a number of smaller individual goals along the way and that confirms we're on track and making progress. If you don't complete those individual goals, then you know you're not progressing in the direction you want to go in. And then finally, with the successful completion and accumulation of these smaller goals, we develop confidence and we strengthen our emotional commitment that we're going to succeed. In other words, as long as you act, you're not a failure. Now, another way of Framing mistakes, mis-takes, instead of failures, is found in archery. I've already talked about the bullseye. Think of the arrow as the action potential, the intention. And you're not going to hit the actual target all of the time, let alone the bullseye or the rings outside of the bullseye. 
you have to hold the bow, you have to pull back the string, focus on the target, and with the best of your ability and skill at that moment, you release the arrow. Sometimes you miss. That's a simple miss take. Now, when the arrow lands inside the bullseye, not only have you hit the target, but you've also accomplished that goal rather directly by getting right into the center of the goal, the closest to however you quantified or qualified what that goal looks like. So in life, we must repeatedly miss targets to improve our skill at accomplishment. We've got to miss a lot before we hit the target. This applies to everything in life. So what about failure versus choosing not to act? So as a reminder of what I said earlier, my definition, my working definition of failure. Failure is the decision to give up made while under stress, threat, or fear, or because you don't believe in your ability to accomplish your goal. Now, sometimes we make the choice to stop doing something that is no longer serving us. That's a form of personal success. Because you are releasing and letting go of what's holding you back from becoming more skillful in your own life. That could be a job. That could be a relationship. That could be a bad habit. You simply come to the realization that you no longer want or need to accomplish that goal or you no longer want or need to repeat whatever it is you're experiencing. Now, success as a measurement is a process of acting towards an intended outcome. But failure is a single moment in time. Failure is not a process. Success requires many mistakes along the path to solving a problem. Solving a problem is how we accomplish smaller goals until we get an accumulated number of goals and accomplish the big one at the end. Mistakes, like real mistakes, faults, as well as missed hyphen takes, are part of the process in the pursuit of realizing a goal. Now, personal failure is a form of overwhelm in the form of fear or threat. It is not a lack of competence. It is not a lack of competence. As I've already explained, failure is the decision to give up made while under stress. And when this happens and you can't see a way to move forward, neuroscientifically, our emotional response is to stop acting on the goal and to protect yourself from further stress. Because when you're under extreme stress, you just can't think clearly. You're in one of your older brains, either your mammalian or your amygdala, and you're just trying to get the needs met of feeling safe and secure and calm, connected, accepted, loved, or not feeling in, an, in any kind of physical or emotional threat that makes you want to fight, uh, fight, flight, or fight, flee, or freeze. Goodness. <laughs> now, The strategy for overwhelm is just to step back and assess what's going on, to kind of take an account of the situation, how you got to this point. If you feel like you need to quit a goal, can you step back? Maybe let it go 
for a day or two to calm down, and then assess what you've accomplished so far. What, what goals have you completed so far? What's been your progress? And then maybe you need to reassess your action plan or strategy that you've employed so far with an eye to reducing what is stressing you out or causing you anxiety in the moment. Now, often we find that the action steps that we've planned are simply too big, too daunting, too complex, or that we haven't given ourselves enough time to accomplish a really big goal. Now, finally, getting into alignment with your emotional drivers, like realigning, maybe you've dropped out of what was making you want to do this in the first place. Maybe you no longer have the passion and maybe you can rekindle it, but this is part of the reassessment of what's going on. When you can get in tune with those emotions that give you that motivation, that's how you might be able to keep going if that's the choice and the decision that you come to. Only with that kind of assess, define, refine, and align, you know, Define what the failure is, define what the problem is, define why you feel like you can't do this anymore, and then refine. Go through all the elements that you can question and you can reframe, and then get into the alignment, the the emotional connection. All those things have to work together for you to continue and to find a new path forward. And only then can you take the next successive, and I would suggest possibly smaller and more certain step. All right, so here's the epilogue to this story, or my story anyway. There's no one right answer. Like, when I reflect on my decision to leave my master's, and this is over 25 years ago, it is always with something of a heavy heart. I feel it. I feel this memory from that time. It was really challenging on far more levels than I have you know, the time to share with you here. And that's not really relevant to what I need to share with you here. But did I make the right decision given the amount of stress I was feeling at the time? Did withdrawing from my master's make me feel make me a failure in the way that I've defined in this podcast? Well, that's a yes and no answer. Yes. I failed to complete my master's within the definition of non-performance of something due, the definition I mentioned earlier. Now, to get your master's degree, you have to do the work, whatever the requirements are, you have to submit it. You'll either have to get a passing grade or you'll have to defend it and you'll either pass or fail. I did not complete my work. I did not submit my work. So in a sense, I fall in the definition of non-performance of something due. Okay? But also, no. Within the emotionally laden definition of a person or thing that proves unsuccessful, I spent six years at university. I spent four years as an undergraduate, which led me into the master's program. I received accolades and scholarships every single year that I was a, a university student. 
And all of these awards are testament to my success and my cognitive ability at that time. That was the reassessment, looking at the past, looking at all of the individual things that led up to before the decision of withdrawing from my master's. All of those successes. And who I am today is the successful accumulation of all that I have experienced. None of my experiences were ever once a failure in any of the limiting definitions that I've discussed on the show today. I acted with the best of intention, and that alone does not make me a failure. So, now might be a good time to go back and look at the notes you wrote down and think about if what I've said might help you reframe how you understand your single biggest failure in life. Now, if you want to go deeper into the meaning of failure and success, I have a personal evolution process that is associated with today's podcast. The link will be in the show notes so that you can download it. And as always, I look forward to your feedback. What was the most insightful idea that you took from today's podcast? All right. Thank you for listening as always. And if you can't think straight, think queerly. <laughs>